guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, this week, I'm super excited to have my guest on. Um, we've known each other for a few years, great person, great financial planner. So I'm so excited to just chat about all of these things that I think business owners find overwhelming. Um, so yeah, my guest is Allison Brown, and she is a financial planner of Revolution Financial Management. And yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I always like question myself when it's people's last names or what they work for, and I'm just like, get it right. <laughs> but, Thank you for joining me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Awesome. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. Um, and yes, you got your delivery this morning. I did. Awesome. I've got it. And I stitch cup. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, before we dive into all these questions that I sent you, um, I'd love to hear and share your story of, you know, how you got into this. Did you always like think you'd be a financial planner or, you know, all of that fun stuff? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I um, really have actually a background in accounting and bookkeeping. I did that for about 10 years, um, kind of going back though, before that, when my husband and I got first were married, I was young. I was really, really young. I was 21 and he was 26 and I knew nothing about money and finance. And I made a lot of mistakes, mm -hmm. like just so many mistakes with our finances. And my husband, like bless his heart, he just he didn't know enough to like say, Oh, we probably should do something different or we should do something better. Like he was just so generous and kind and just didn't really, you know, want to put his, not, I don't want to say put his foot down, but really want to intervene, I guess. Mm -hmm. He just let me run with it. And so I did. And I made a lot of mistakes. We went through a really rough time when the market crashed in 2008. We had a home that we lost. I mean, we just, we made all the mistakes. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I never thought I would be here because of that part of my life. Um, and then I found accounting and bookkeeping and I really loved that. And that's when my life kind of started to shift. I got a more steady job. I really found um, that I liked working, which I didn't think I would before. And I worked with really great people that just inspired me to grow and do better, which was awesome. And so after a while, I ended up deciding to start my own bookkeeping business, which I did for a few years. But I found quickly that that led to a lot of burnout for me. It was just so overwhelming. It wasn't what I thought it would be mm -hmm. as a business owner. Bookkeeping is a, it's not totally difficult, but it can be very stressful, mm -hmm. especially around tax season, right? So um, I had a friend that would post videos on Instagram that I had known from when we lived in California for a little bit. And I didn't see him a lot, but he would post videos about like his company and what they were doing. And I just asked one day, I said, Scott, tell me, tell me more about what you're doing. This is just interesting. Right. And at that time, my husband was working a job and I had my bookkeeping business and he showed it with us. And I was like, well, this is cool. Let's, let's just try it out. Cause I could do it part-time. It wasn't like a full-time commitment. And so I did, and I fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with it for a couple reasons. One, I was just shocked at how much money you can make, which at that time was important to me. And it still is right. Like how much money can you make? Right. Are you going to go hourly? Are you going to charge a little bit? Or, you know, you didn't even have to do that, which was cool. And you still made really good money. So I was like, this is awesome. Let's do this. And then the second thing, and that's the reason I stay is I love what I do. I find so much, um, joy in just helping others figure out their finances. And I love doing for others what I wish somebody would have done for me mm -hmm. so many years ago. It sat me down and said, look, 
Your spending is out of control. You need to get your debt under control and you need to start saving for your future. And here is how to do that. Because what I had heard and um, I had been, we'd been through like the Dave Ramsey program and no shade to him, but it just didn't work for us. Mm -hmm. Like it did for a little bit, but it wasn't a long. Um, sustainable. Yeah, it wasn't sustainable for us. And so I, that just didn't, you know, work. And then my parents never really, you know, they didn't know. They just told me to save and <laughs> do good with my money. But, you know, and so they did the best that they could. And nobody had just ever given me that advice. And so for me, for what I've learned and what I know, what I've been trained on, and I educated myself and I've, you know, grown, now I can share that with people. And I love that so much. It's so fulfilling yeah. to actually help somebody do something that's going to make their now better and their long-term better, which I think is really cool. So that's kind of where I came from. I've been doing it for over three years now. I'm really passionate about it. Um, accounting and financing are totally different, by the way. Um, not the same. So I didn't know that I could do it. And I was really excited when I found that I was actually good at it. And I loved it so much. And so I've left the bookkeeping world behind, thank goodness, because it was stressful. And I just <laughs> do this full time now. And I love it so, so much. Yeah, I love it. Well, and it's such a, an important part, you know, that, and I feel like people get nervous, or they kind of don't want to deal with it, because they're not really sure what it's all about. But I, I've been in, I mean, like, multiple meetings with Allison and she breaks it down in such a, like you do such a great job of like explaining it in simple terms that it's not overwhelming. And, and it also too, like, it, it doesn't just affect us. It affects our family or our business and our kids. Like, and it, yeah, it's just so important what you're doing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I find it really important because it's just a conversation that used to be that nobody wanted to talk about money and it was kind of rude to talk yes. about money. My parents find generations like, no, no, no. Tell me all the things about money. Right. Um, I need to know so that I can change my life. And I, and I love that because I feel like if we had had more conversations as kids, if we'd been more at school, yes. so many of us would be in different right? spots. Right? Yeah. And like in college, I, you know, I had accounting classes, I had finance class, I had econ, like all of that, but it was never in like a practical way to actually use any of it that was, yeah, none of it was really useful the way that it was taught to me anyway. Yeah. I, I found the same thing too. It was just like, oh okay, but I don't know how to actually put that into practice. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I have my first question, which yeah, okay. I'm just so excited for this conversation because I feel like, again, this is something a lot of people don't know about or talk about or, you know, again, and I love, just love that it's, you're bringing it to the surface. Um, so when they think about, you know, like financial planning, you know, I feel like, well, at least for me, I automatically think of like budgets or like household expenses, profit and losses, you know, those kind of things pop to mind, but there's a lot more to it, right? Like, what can you share, like, that a great financial plan or strategy would be? Okay, yeah, and those are all really good places to start. Like, you need to understand your money. Um, a lot of people don't like that word budget. It kind of like, I don't want to, like, restrict what I spend. <laughs> but you want to put into place priorities, right? What's important to me? What's important to my partner or spouse? What's important to our family? Um, so you need to figure those out first. Always, that's where we start with any um, client conversations is where do you want to go and what's most important to you? Mm -hmm. Because that's going to direct everything else that we do, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, budgets are like the basics, like know where your money's coming in, know where it's going out and how much you're spending. Um, really have a good idea of if you're overspending or, you know, if you don't have enough income coming in. Those are good things to evaluate. But once you have that kind of that cash flow understanding, there's a whole 
next kind of steps that we need to look at. So you need to look at, do you have an emergency fund? Because every good budget is going to crumble the moment disaster hits and you don't have an emergency fund. Honestly, like our, our furnace went out December uh, not this year, but the year before. And that was not fun. I got to tell you, <laughs> coming up with a chunk of change like that yeah. during Christmas time is not fun, right? But having yeah. that emergency fund kind of takes that burden mm-hmm. off your shoulders. It sucks to spend the money, but you have it. And you're yeah. not putting that on a credit card, right? So that that's kind of the basis. Then another thing you want to look at is um, life insurance. Life insurance mm-hmm. is the basis of any um, financial plan because... Again, life happens and it sucks when it does. Um, but if you don't have life insurance and a breadwinner passes away or even a spouse that has medical bills that passes away, um, it can devastate your finances. So having life insurance in place is key. Another thing that we look at is your debt. Like, can we help you get out of debt faster? You want to make sure you have a better handle on um, how to get out of debt so you're not letting your future kind of, or your past control your future, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what debt is. It lets those past choices control your future decisions. And I used to feel a lot of guilt and shame around debt. That just happens sometimes. You make yeah. choices. You shouldn't feel guilt and shame around your money. It just slows you down. Yeah. So what you really need to do when it comes to debt is just get a plan into place. Take a realistic look at what you've got. Say, I'm spending too much in this area. I need to cut back. Um, you know, and figure out a plan, which we go over, um, with clients that need it. Like, how do I get this paid off faster so I can then utilize that money better for my future? Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like feeling guilty about money is a useful, is useful to us. Any guilt just holds us back from actually becoming what, uh, we're capable yep. of. So let's like, let that go. And then Do another things? thing. Yeah. No, I'm still here. Oh, still there? Yeah, it froze for a second. Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, so just letting that guilt go when it comes to, to debt, it's done. You can't change it. Just move forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next couple things that I think are really important is people kind of skip the step if they don't know what they're doing. And that is your long-term asset building. Like, yeah. how are we going to actually build you wealth? right? You can't just have money in the bank account. That's not really wealth. Um, that is just cash on hand. We want it to be like, Hey, it's growing. It's making more money. Maybe it's, you know, creating some sort of a passive income for you. If yeah. that is something you're wanting, you know, having multiple streams of income, but not just letting your money sit and do nothing, which mm-hmm. is what I do see a lot of. I see a lot of people that will have large sums of money, just sitting in their bank accounts and it just, Oh, I hate that because I just know that they can be doing so much more with their money right, right now. The market's volatile. So we have to look at maybe some more um, protected options just so that we don't lose our money, but you can't let your money sit mm-hmm. and hope to automatically have wealth drop in your lap. It just, it just doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. Once in a while, win the lottery or <laughs> make the million dollar business team. But it doesn't happen very often. Um, And then the thing that you want to make sure when it comes to financial planning, and I'm not a lawyer, but you want to have your estate plan in place. You want to make sure that um, proper estate plan will actually protect your wealth um, so that you don't lose what you've worked so hard for and that people that are left behind don't have to deal with your mess. I can't tell you how many horror stories 
I've heard of people that don't have a proper estate plan in place. And when they pass, their family will spend years in court Mm -hmm. to clean it up, which is no fun for me. So those are kind of like the core pieces of a financial plan. Like we always start with like, hey, do you have, do you know what's going on with your money? But then we just build from there. Like that's the building block. Um, And we just want to make sure that you have all those pieces in place so that you can sleep at night and not stress about your money. Yeah. No, I love that. And yeah, it's so funny because how you said, you know, people shouldn't feel guilt or shame around money because I think that is such a real thing. Like for whatever reason, you know, we have, there's like, there are literal emotions tied to it. And so I love being able to like step back and just like look and be like, okay, that's not really going to help. So now let's just make a plan. Um, and I love too, cause I, I would have never thought about like an estate plan as part of like my financial plan. Like there's just a few things that I wouldn't even have thought about that would be included, you know? And I think, I don't know that a lot of people would either possibly because we're just not educated about it enough, you know? Correct. Yeah. It's just, it's, uh, it's kind of sad how little the average American actually knows about money and how, how they feel so unprepared for things like that. Right. You know, and there's only, unfortunately there's only, you know, one way to get out of this life and it ends with our death and whatever we leave behind and whoever we leave behind, they have to deal with that mess. And so a responsible adult takes care of all of those aspects so that, you know, and you know, there's affordable options. You don't have to be a millionaire to, to have these things in place. There's free options. There's very low cost options. So, Mm -hmm. you know, people should not feel that these kind of things are, oh, well, I don't have money. So therefore I can't do it. That's not true. Yeah. Or the opposite. I mean, not the opposite, but similarly, like if people are like, well, I don't have that much money. I don't even really need to get this started yet because there's no point. Like they should still start with whatever they have. Right. Right. Yeah. It does. Eventually, yes, you want to save as much as you can, and you the more you can save, the better. Mm-hmm. But what really is one of the the biggest um, tips to growing wealth is consistency. Yeah, even like if you're doing life, like anything you want to like grow or do, just be consistent. <laughs> interest cannot grow on zero. Mm-hmm. You can't grow interest on zero, but you can grow interest on something. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so you want to just be consistent with our savings and investing because that's how you build wealth. Honestly, mm-hmm. like everyone that's done well in business and finance um, or just people that have, you know, saved during their employment, that's the strategy that gets them there is they're consistently saving. Yeah. I love that. So true. And it's like, it seems simple and easy, but still for whatever reason, sometimes it's hard to implement. But with anything, like, yeah, because that could be marketing, that could be, like, running, that could be working out anything, like, but. Yeah, and kind of going back to, like, that guilt thing, I've noticed, and this is my own life, really my own life experience, is that when people feel badly about their money situation, they tend to not do anything, and they actually tend to make worse choices, mm. right? So they'll get into this cycle where, like, oh, I can't do anything right. It doesn't matter anyways, and so I'm going to go borrow here for something I can't really afford that I feel desperate about, so I'm going to go spend that money. And what ends up happening is you just dig a deeper and deeper hole. Mm-hmm. But if you have your finances at least in order, even if you don't have a lot of money, if you have your finances in order and you have a plan – you typically make better choices going forward, allowing you to increase your income, increase your assets because you feel more confident and better about your money. And it's just always been interesting to me how that works. Yeah. Like you just 
you have a different mindset around it. I was just about to say, is there, there's gotta be like a different like mindset shift for that. Mm -hmm. And so you just, I don't know, you just make better choices, which lead to the results that you want more Mm -hmm. likely than if you just ignore it and feel like crap about your money. Right. Cause that's, that's the worst feeling like, yeah, anything when it's like something's hanging over your head. Like that's just the the worst. Um, so yeah, so this, these feelings that people have, or perhaps they're, you know, feeling overwhelmed, which a lot of times it seems like they might just not do anything, but what would your like, you know, advice be to help them not be overwhelmed, you know, like to just kind of get started, you know, even if it's a tiny little step? I think there's a couple of things you can do, but the first step would be to ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's this big stigma around, again, talking to people about money, Yeah, but I feel like it's changing a lot, which is good. Um, but not trying to always DIY everything. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of gurus out there will say you can, you know, just do it yourself. But if you work with the right type of professional, you can actually, um, make a lot more progress. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you're like, I just don't even know where to start. There are people all over the map, whatever your beliefs are or your budget is, you can find somebody that's going to help you make steps forward with your money. So I feel like that's always a good place to start. If you don't know where to start, ask for help. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But once you get to that point, I feel like the next step would be just to take everything one step at a time. Sometimes a professional will drop a lot of information on you and you're like, well, I don't know how to do any of that. (laughs) So just take one thing that they, they tell you to do and start with that and be feel successful at that. So whether it's saving money consistently, or maybe you need life insurance, or maybe you need to pay off a debt, do that. And then after that's going good for like maybe a couple months, then add the next step. So don't feel like you have to do everything all at once. Mm -hmm. I love that. And also too, working with a professional kind of gives you that element of accountability, right? So Mm -hmm. you're not just kind of like, oh, I'll get to this. And then it just goes to the wayside again, you know? So there's somebody that you're able to check in with that's helping you along that, that path. And that's one thing you do want to look for is somebody that's willing to like develop a relationship with you. Yeah. So they're not just like a one and done, but like, Hey, we'll check back in like at least every year mm-hmm. um, to see on what, you know, their, um, their role is, but you want somebody that you can build a long-term relationship with that you can trust. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really key when it comes to picking somebody to work with, mm-hmm. not just like, um, Oh, they started yesterday and they're quitting tomorrow. You know, like if you want somebody that's got a little bit of, a little bit of experience. Mm-hmm. Right? No, that, that makes total sense. I love that. I love your earrings too, by the way. They're just super cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm curious, does financial planning look different for like an entrepreneur or small business owner than it would for somebody with like a full-time career? Is there any differences or... Um, I would say it's a little bit different. Um, somebody that's an employee or that has a full-time career, a lot of times um, they are offered retirement plans or options through their employer. So definitely take advantage of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and, if, and if you're ever offered as an employee, like a free match on your retirement, take that. Yeah. But I wouldn't stop there. I think that this is a mistake that most people make is that they just feel like they have a 401k and they're set. And that's not the case. So I would definitely take steps to meet with a financial advisor, a financial planner, coach, whatever, um, and actually put reviews into place so you can make sure that you're on track to meet your retirement goal, right? So don't just 
assume that by saving and taking advantage of the match, that's all you need to do. There's always other things you want to make sure are in place. So that that's kind of the employee side, but they do kind of have that. Not every employee, but most people will have access to that retirement. So it makes it easy as Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur. We're definitely more in that you have to take action um, for yourself and Mm -hmm. you can't just ignore it. I see a lot of, as a bookkeeper, um, I saw this a lot and I see this a lot as I work with small business owners, they don't necessarily take the time to build, take all this wealth and this income that's coming in and they don't take the time to actually put that into something that's going to build their future. Yeah. There are a lot in the here and now getting by month to month, making those bills get paid. Yeah. Um, hoping that, you know, the business keeps going mm-hmm. and they don't always save that money in a vehicle that's going to be available for them at retirement. Cause they just assume that they're going to work forever or they're going to always have money coming in. Right. Yeah. And so for a business owner, you're going to have to put more effort into planning for your long-term future. A lot of people don't like the term retirement, but there's going to come a point in your life where you're not going to want to work as much. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Or being able to set up those multiple streams of income um, that are long-term and long-lasting, but they actually have to take the steps more proactively to Mm -hmm. do that. The tools that are available are very similar to what's available to an employee, but it just takes more of, um, more effort on the business owner side to get those mm-hmm. set up. Mm-hmm. You actually have to, okay, I know I need to save. What do I need to do next? And ask right. questions. And- yeah. yeah. Cause it's easier. Like when you come on with like a company, you know, they kind of take HR takes care of all of that. And then you like yeah. never see that money anyway. So it's just kind of like done. And so, yeah, no, I, that's so true. And you work with a lot of small business owners, right? So if anybody needs to chat, they need to contact you. Yes, I would love to. I love working with small business owners. My husband and I, we actually own two businesses. So we have this one and then we have a roofing company. And so I don't know. I just, I have a special place in my heart for small business owners. (laughs) I get it. Like I see the struggles they go through day to day. I know how hard it is. I know the challenges that pop up um, and I want to see them succeed. And Mm -hmm. so I love working with them because I love helping them actually protect their future and make a plan and, you know, grow all that money they've worked so hard for. Yes, totally. And it's complimentary, right? To meet with you. Like it's, so there's, it's really like a win-win. Yep. I have a more of a unique setup where a lot of financial advisors, they charge for, um, or coaches even, they'll just charge per fee, or maybe they require that you have um, enough assets that they can work with. Mm -hmm. It kills me when I see, I've seen advertisements where they say, you have to have $500,000 before we'll meet with you. And I'm like, well, cool. But what about everybody else? Right. Not everybody yeah. has a million dollars in the bank. Right. Um, you know that you're going to have it in a couple of years because you're an entrepreneur and you're successful. They don't still won't talk to you. So uh, <laughs> we do a no fee approach. We have no sit down fees. Um, our commissions are based off of the companies that we work with. Those they pay us directly, which is cool. And the mm-hmm. client never has to pay anything. And yeah. so it's a win-win, I think, for the whole, the whole, uh, the whole group. <laughs> yeah, totally. I agree. And yeah, and I'll put your link in the podcast notes so everybody can check it out and hopefully, you know, chat with you and get some advice. Um, so yeah, so I know you touched on it before, but what are some other, like, what are common mistakes that you see when people are, you know, trying to get it started or even as they're, you know, getting it going, like things like that. 
So depending on the age, so a lot of times people wait too long. So they feel like maybe I've never started. And so that I'm not, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And well, they rely on their house as their retirement asset. I see that one a lot too. The thing is with that is unless you're going to sell the house and take all that money, the house isn't really an asset because you live in it, right? You have yeah. to keep it going. You can't really access that money easily. Um, I mean, you can do reverse mortgage, but those aren't my favorite. Um, so those are people just assume that they're going to be okay. Uh, another thing that I see is that people just, they'll get a plan together. They'll sit down with somebody and they'll say, hey, you need to do these things. And they get overwhelmed and then they don't do anything at all. And <laughs> that's a little bit on the part of the person they're working with to not notice that. But sometimes people just don't show it or they don't say it. And so we mm-hmm. don't know. But it's okay to say to somebody like, this is a lot of information. And I feel like I'm not sure even how to start. And hopefully the person you're working with can say, okay, well, the very first thing that you should do is this. And that's what I would ask is if you get stuck in a place where you're like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm even working with somebody. I'm overwhelmed to say, I can only do one thing at a time. What's the Mm -hmm. first and most important thing that I need to do? Yeah. And then start there. Um, and then say, okay, cool. I'm going to work on that. And then let's get back together in six months and then work on number two and then make Mm -hmm. that appointment with them because it's better just to move forward and like little steps, little chunks of time than to not do anything at all. Mm -hmm. And and I would say that's the biggest mistake because you can put your money in a lot of different places. It can grow in a lot of different places, in a lot of different ways. And it's all unique based upon each client and what they need. But just the not taking action is the biggest mistake. Yeah, no, I could see that. Especially with, again, like how we've touched on the emotions around money and things like that. So I can totally see people just not starting or, you know, I don't know, kind of head in the sands and I'm just going to deal with it later type thing. Right. Yeah. And then later comes and it's not dealt with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So entrepreneur wise, like what would like small business owner listening right now, like, okay, need to get going. Let's get, I, I'm not sure. Like, what would your like number one advice be to like where you, they could get started like today? Well, first, so first, first call you, obviously, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but first I kind of need to figure out what their like month, like kind of their monthly flow with their businesses. Are they consistently yeah. seeing profits, even if they're small? Are they consistently seeing profits, or does their um, revenue swing? Like, do they have big sales months? Right. Do they, you know. Like, Some people have a really big Christmas season and maybe a big summer season, but the other times of the year are slower or is it consistently, you know, wherever those profits are coming from, figure that out. Okay. Because you need to know how you can tap into your finances and what kind of thing you can set up um, in order to um, build wealth. A lot of people will wait until uh, the tax season and then they'll have their CPA tell them to put money into some IRA. Mm -hmm. Well, you really want to make sure that you know what the IRA is doing. You don't want to just throw it into an IRA. You kind of don't want to know what kind of um, strategy you have involved there. Um, But you, so once you know that, then you need to meet with a planner and there's a lot of different options out there, but you need to take into account a couple different things. When do I want to access this money again? So that will determine what kind of a product you use. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I think, um, 
would I prefer to have like less taxes when I retire or do I, is it more important now to take advantage of the tax, um, the tax kind of uh, reduction mm -hmm. by doing like a, a pre-tax thing, right? So consider those options. I personally prefer to do one where we're not going to be paying taxes in retirement because we just don't have control over that mm -hmm. number. It's not in our hands. That's my preference. Um, and then the other thing is um, just keep it up. Like, honestly, whatever you pick and whatever you work with, keep it up. Consistently yeah. add based upon your profit swings. So either if it's consistent every month or if it's, you know, in big chunks, consistently make the effort to save, invest, add to it so that you can build that well. Yeah, I love that. So how would they go about doing that if things are, you know, they change a little bit here and there? Because is it a set thing, like price that they're investing each month or can they adjust it monthly or how does that work? That's a great thing is most of these things that are available to us are flexible. Oh. There's some things out there that, yeah, you're, maybe if you buy like a, a life insurance policy with cash value added to it, and if you want to add to that, it's going to either require a lump sum or consistent payments. But if you have the right person that you're working with, those are flexible. If you're doing something like a Roth IRA or an, a SEP IRA um, or you have mutual funds, those are just they're based upon when you put money in it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not necessarily like a set premium. OK, awesome. Yeah, usually very flexible. That's awesome. OK. Awesome. Okay. So my, and my last question. Um, so what is just out of all this conversation, which has just been amazing and thank you for sharing all this. Um, what's like the number one thing that people need to know about financial planning? That it's important. <laughs> I think that a lot of times we ignore things that we're not knowledgeable about, yeah. or we ignore things that feel far away. And it's just important that we do it and that we take action. The, biggest reason why people fail with their money or they get to retirement and they don't have enough is because they don't take the time to either learn about it or educate themselves or take action on it. Right. And so we are in a society where money is abundant. Money is free flowing. It's fluid. I mean, sometimes we have months and years in our life where we're not earning a lot but then there can be times where we're earning quite a bit, mm -hmm. right? And we just need to remember that whatever actions we're taking, they just should be consistent and long-term. We want yeah. to take advantage of the biggest asset we all have, which is time. The younger you are, the better, of course, but there's still hope even if you're starting late. Yeah. You know, I'm 41 and I would say that unfortunately we're a little behind the curve because of the choices that and things that happened to us earlier, but we're catching up fast. Right. And mm -hmm. so there's hope. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is when it comes to finances, there's always hope. Don't give up. Oh, I love that. I, that's so true. That almost like gave me like goosebumps. Cause yeah. Um, like, cause we don't think about it like that. You know, it's like, it's like this stressful type thing that it, at least it's also like, I feel like it's not marketed that way, but there's a conception out there that, you know, like that it's not abundant or, you know, like it's just scarce or, you know, you're not really sure. And like, I don't know, there's just all these misconceptions about money. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, we have this, this story that's been told that money is finite and mm -hmm. it's, it's limited. And in some cases I see that, 
But I think that's because people tell themselves, well, I can't earn more than this or I'm not worth more than this. Yeah. Not true. Mm -hmm. No, you may not be the next millionaire, next billionaire. Like you may not be that person, but you always have a way to earn money, be creative. Our minds are endless. Like we just have the ability to do so much. Mm -hmm. And just because you made a bad money decision yesterday doesn't mean that money decision controls your future. It just might throw it off track a little bit, but we just get the, you know, Mm -hmm. My son loves trains. We'll get the train back on the track and we'll, we'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. We'll get them going for you again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's, yeah. That's life. Right. You know, I mean, we're, we're not perfect in any aspect of our lives. So I love that. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. And now I have a few like quick personal questions. Um, okay. What's your favorite book? Well, I was trying to think about that <laughs> and I love books. I read a lot of books, but if I was going to like, Go back. I love the Anne of Green Gables series. Like I am just an old school, like I read those in my childhood and I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You said you were 41, right? Yeah. Same. I'm the same. And so, yeah, I remember reading Anne of Green Gables and like, there were like movies or something too, weren't there? Like, I think I, oh, I remember yeah. watching movies. Yes. That's- I actually bought one recently on DVD and I was like, wow, this movie is really old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I loved it. It was amazing. And I, yeah. I still... All time favorite. That's probably that's probably up there as number one. Um, what is your favorite drink? Dr. Pepper. Yeah, that's a that. one, but I love it so much. <laughs> it's kind of the running joke in our family. I always <laughs> Yeah. I, I used to be the same way. Like I was obsessed um for a long long time. I kind of miss- I always think about quitting and then somebody sends me that video of like a ninety five, hundred year old woman that's like, I drink three a day or something. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I guess. See, that's like my equivalent to like wine now. Like I just substituted the Dr. Pepper for the wine. I'm just kidding. There you go. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? To relax is to probably read a book and take a bath. Like yes. those are my that's awesome. End of the day, I love a nice warm bath. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like it to just kind of like let go. Yes. Yes. Um, what's your favorite thing to watch? My favorite thing to watch? Oh gosh. My kids mostly, but <laughs> Um, I really love like romantic movies. I'm, I'm a pretty easy to read book. Like I like romantic novels. I like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of romantic life. Right. But I love, I also really love watching the Avengers. With mm-hmm. my girl. Yeah. I love the Avengers, so. Those are awesome. Uh, I don't know if he's technically an Avenger, but I know he's like Marvel. Are you going to go see the Ant-Man movie? That's the plan. I'm not sure if we'll do it this week or in a couple weeks, but we yeah. definitely go. My son's excited. We'd like just stumbled across Marvel like in the last year. So we're fam- oh, and Paul Rudd is like the new Captain America. I know. Him. And he's just so cute and funny. And like, I just love everything that he's in. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's just he's so fun to watch. <laughs> uh, and last, where is your favorite place to travel to? Um, well, I'm actually going there next week, but Hawaii. <laughs> I love it. I just, I've only been, it's like our third time going. Yeah. Every time I go, it's just magical. Oh, it's just do you get to see amazing. Aria or anybody like while you're over there? You know, I have been neglectful in my reaching out, but I was going to actually do that today and say, guess what? I'm coming. So I'm, I get to see her. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be so yeah. Cool. yeah. So yeah, that if I had anywhere, like I could pick on a map, I would go to Hawaii anytime. I also, I've been to Europe and I love it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something about warm beaches and sunshine and water that just fills my soul up. So. Same. I've never been, but I mean, hopefully one day, because I mean, I don't think the flights are that bad from Portland, right? Like time-wise and money-wise. So 
we're usually under five hundred dollars round trip. Oh, that's not bad. It's cheaper than going to New Orleans. Um, yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, enjoy. I can't wait to see your pictures and live vicariously through you. <laughs> I'll make sure I post a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, this has been awesome. Um, and yeah, where, what's your website, social media, all of that, so everybody can follow you and learn from you there. So um, my social media is I'm on TikTok and Instagram as Allison with one L um, M M like the, the candy M M <laughs> Brown. So Allison M M Brown, you can find me there. I don't really have a website that I use a lot because I work with a company that um, they kind of produce these boring websites <laughs> to be honest. But if you go to my Instagram, you can find all the links on there. So it's all posted. And um, I don't think TikTok has all the links, but Instagram does for sure. Awesome. It's just an easy way to get a hold of me. My email's on there and everything. So yeah, pretty easy to reach out. Awesome. Well, yeah. And and yeah, you guys should. Um, Seriously, it's like I said, very empowering and it's very like explained in a way that's easy to digest. And so if you haven't, I would highly suggest meeting with Allison soon. Um, yeah um yeah thank you for this this was so helpful and i I know that the listeners got a lot out of it and i even got more out of it even though we've met before like this was just awesome well thanks nicole i really appreciate you thinking of me and having me on here yeah i I love what i do and i love helping people with it yeah and you can you can feel it like you can feel it like just by speaking to you you can hear in your voice so yeah keep 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 at it because people need it for sure Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you again. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Okay. Oh, oops. Oh, wait, just recording. Okay. I'll turn.